hours every weekday covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Indeed, Soul to Soul it is. And welcome back to a great show here. And it's a little lonely here in the studio. I thought I'd have a guest who will be joining me. So if you want to be that guest today or any other future day talking about what talks to your soul, well, let us know or call into this studio. And it's so good to have the music back on. Last week was more of a somber, morbid time commemorating the destruction of our temple and so many other hard tragedies that befell our people over the years, over the millennia. But tomorrow is one of the greatest festivals in the Jewish calendar. And if you look at your calendar, today is the 14th of Av, that means this afternoon you will get a discount at Mincha. In fact, it's important for me to let you know because some people tell me they don't even know, or they're not aware that there's a BRICS minion. Yes, you know, there's the BRICS summit going on. And we at Santon Central Shul, the Chabad Gunas and Kainas Center opposite the Chow Train, are offering daily minyanim in the afternoon. So if you know anyone working in Santon Central, let them know. We have refreshments. We have opportunities to learn with our apprenticed rabbis, the Bachram, Yeshiva Bachram, who are studying to become rabbis. And they'd love to learn with you, including myself. You could join our Minchamar of Minyan every day at 520 in the heart of Santon. And we even had some BRICS delegates joining us. So you're welcome to be like Putin or whoever else is in town for this wonderful, interesting summit, hopefully benefiting our country, certainly benefiting our city besides for the traffic. You could join us. And you'll get a discount this afternoon because you won't have to say Tachnan. And you wonder, where does this Tachnan discount come from? Why? Well, the 15th of Av is perhaps the most underestimated and, in fact, overlooked day in the Jewish calendar. Now, some people remember running Chabad Seniors Club. I've heard this from some of our elderly, young at heart, Joburg Jews, who described to me that back in the day, Tuba Av was, well, they would do this twice a year on the eve of Yom Kippur. And it's interesting because the eve after Yom Kippur, there would be these balls. And I've never seen this in the States where I grew up, but it seems to be like a thing that would happen here in South Africa, that people would go to the shul and they would have this Matzah Yom Kippur ball and the young maidens, the young guys and girls, whoever was marriage-minded, singles, they would attend this great social event. And back in temple times, it actually happened in the vineyards of Jerusalem, maybe throughout the country of Israel as well. And the Talmud goes into a great description of it, which I'd love to share some of that with you in a moment. But another thought that comes to my mind related to our Chabad Seniors program is noticing different categories of elderly people who I interact with. And some are very lucky to have their children nearby and interactive and involved with them visiting them, being at Shabbos meals together, going places, and that's wonderful. There are, unfortunately, or just as circumstance has it, many seniors in this country who their children have moved abroad, hoping for a better future for their children. Maybe, maybe not. I know that many people struggled moving out of the country, and the Rebbe certainly gave a tremendous blessing to us here in South Africa, but... Each one has to do what they could for their family. I've seen some people even returning here to South Africa, but I certainly have heard the struggles of some. And some have done very well abroad. Now, I'm not focused on those who've left. I'd like to focus on the seniors who are here in town. And I got to tell you, some of the seniors who are in town 
are very lucky, even though their children do live abroad, they're in touch with them. Some even visit from time to time, those who could afford it, and it's not something we could hold anyone too, it's expensive to travel. You know, I have family abroad, and it's not easy to go abroad, especially with the rand dollar exchange rate or whatever country one is in, and raising a family. So to visit here is not something we could necessarily hold everyone accountable to and, and able to do, but at least to be in touch. And at Chabad House, one of the wonderful elements of our Dynamic Seniors program is that we have the HiPad training program which presently it happens on Tuesdays, although parenthetically, if you want to volunteer to teach it any other time, or if you know someone who wants to volunteer, it's perfect for high school students. In the past, we had this wonderful intergenerational uh, interaction where we had young kids coming to teach the elderly how to use technology, whether it's their smartphone or our 10 iPads that we have at Chabad House. We teach people how to use the gadget from how to turn it on, you don't need a mouse, Literally, one senior told me they were always scared why they need a mouse to use a computer. They said, I don't like mice. I don't touch computers. So, yeah, elderly people who didn't grow up with modern technology, and I believe that's diminishing because most of the seniors we see today, unlike even eight years ago when I started getting involved with this program, and the truth is I'm involved with seniors for well over two decades, certainly as the time passes, the seniors get younger and younger and more involved and familiar with technology. But no doubt there are people in their 80s today who have absolutely zero familiarity with how technology works. And some of them are afraid to use it and don't know how to use it. And the wonderful thing about the HiPad Training Project Connect program is that we teach seniors how to use these gadgets. And so teaching how to use Skype so they can interact with their children abroad and see their grandchildren whether it is using Facebook, getting a Facebook account, or how to search the World Wide Web, how to use Google, getting them an email account, maybe a Facebook account, all the different benefits that one could gain from using modern technology. Many seniors have smartphones that someone's bought for them, maybe their child or grandchild, and they have no clue how to use it. And then they reciprocate to the high school students who volunteer in this program. And again, it's open to anyone who wants to volunteer in this we do a little bit of a screen check because we have to make sure that the right people could do it, A, that they're familiar with the technology, and B, that they don't have any type of uh, criminal history or anything like that. And they get involved, and usually it's high school students teaching the elderly how to use the technology. But in reciprocation, I've seen some of the elderly people helping the youngsters with their homework, with difficult maths or sciences or other areas of their familiarity. So it's a very nice a quid pro quo, a very fair exchange of intergenerational interactive benefit for one another. Now, I wanted to get at the next category of seniors because I'm very familiar with this, and that is there are seniors who have children. Not that they don't have children. Some, unfortunately, don't even have children or family. But there are those who do have children or family, but they feel neglected, abandoned. Their children may have moved abroad, but have zero connection with them. Not a phone call. Nothing. Forget about visits. Like I said, can't expect a visit if it's not affordable. But a phone call? A phone call everyone could make the time. And so I really would love to implore you, dear listeners, that if you know of a senior citizen, then it would be nice to reach out to them, just to ask how they're doing, just to check up on them. 
Maybe get them involved with our Chabad Seniors Club. We look after them. We give them a nice, nutritious, hot meal every day, a delicious lunch. We have a bus, our mitzvah bus, that collects them from wherever it is around the city to bring them to Chabad House, and they could attend shiurim. We have dynamic classes every single day. There's a men's shir, there's a ladies' shir, there's a egalitarian, if you want to call it that, a mixed shir. We have occupational therapy. We have the Project Connect program that we mentioned, and sometimes we go on outings, and we have other aspects and elements to our programs that certainly anyone you know could benefit from. And not only that, we even give them a stipend at the end of the month. So there's no reason why any senior should be left alone. There are wonderful organizations in this community, and you could connect them with a Chavar Kadisha who will certainly look after them. But even people who live at our wonderful facilities, even they could benefit from this program because as fabulous as it is to live in a wonderful retirement home, it's always good to have something beyond the four walls or eight walls or space of that facility. And so coming to Chabad, I think, is another outing, another opportunity, and zero cost to the participants. So I think it's a no-brainer that we should get people involved. Now, it got me thinking about our relationship with Almighty God, which, in a sense, I think could be coming from Tisha B'Av last week or this past weekend. There's a certain familiar, there's a certain similarity where we think about our relationship with Hashem. Is it like our elderly parent, forgotten, abandoned, neglected? And that's something you should certainly give thought to, because yes, the Jewish people have not forgotten. We have not forgotten in any way our temple. We've not forgotten God. But what about each individual? It's something worth considering, something to wonder is, what is that relationship like? What connection do I have? And in fact, in the Torah portion, Moshe asks, for what great nation has God so near to it, like the Lord our God, that we can call upon him at all times? That's how our relationship with God could be. You could turn to God at any time, not just as an ATM. I need some cash. I'm in trouble. Somebody needs uh, healing. Somebody needs a shidduch. But all the time, we can have a relationship with God. And throughout the entire book of Deuteronomy of Devarim, Moshe repeatedly exhorts us to turn to God, to connect to God with prayer and so many other ways that we could connect with Hashem. Even right here, tuning into Soul to Soul, you have an opportunity to connect with our Father in Heaven. And the Torah invites us to engage on a personal level, to have a real relationship with God, not like some remote, uh, I don't know, direct deposit, not some distant type of relationship where once in a while I, I give that phone call. But anytime we could really have a real deep connection with God. And so I think thinking about our seniors is a good opportunity for us to think how we could check in with our Heavenly Father from time to time and just to make sure that we're in the right place. It's a really good thing for us to do. So with Tisha B'Av behind us, I think we could constantly just think we haven't forgotten. That's something I talked about last week, that we actively remember all the different challenges we as Jewish people faced. And when we could develop that personal relationship with God, only then could we hope to actually rebuild that temple 
And the temple today, as Rav Cook put it, is within each of us. And the truth is the Shalah HaKadosh says, if you look at the verse in which God gives the instruction for building the base, the original temple, which wasn't the base HaMikdash, but rather the Mishkan, the tabernacle, the sanctuary that Jews built in the desert, it was Vaasuli Mikdash, built for me a Mikdash, eventually the Beit HaMikdash, but a sanctuary. Vishachanti Betocham, and I'll dwell in them. And that's in each one of us. God dwells in us. We just have to have that relationship. And no doubt that relationship will develop. And by checking in as often as we could, whenever we could, at least three times a day, we are thereby keeping that connection alive. That's what we got to do. We'll be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 IFM. And welcome back. Frequency Footwear Melrose Arch is having a massive sale. If you want to experience craftsmanship at a massive discount, you'll be happy to know that Frequency Footwear has just launched their winter sale, offering 50% off all winter shoes, boots, and booties. Frequency Shoes import from Spain, Italy, France, Greece, and Portugal, and are well known for the unique style and their magnificent shoes are designed with comfort and durability whilst their service is personal and attentive. Time to claim that 50% discount. Frequency Shoes are giving away a 3,000 Rand voucher to their store. All you have to do is, let, is take a selfie in front of Frequency shoe stores in Melrose Arch and send it to info at for exclusive style and quality frequency footwear. Well, go to the gallery of Melrose Arch. It's the place for you. That's that's that. Well, let's talk more about that was the past and ensuring that the past isn't severed in any way important to keep that connection going strong and alive. But let's look ahead at the future. Like I said this afternoon, we have a we begin this evening the celebration of Tubav. Tubav is a great celebration. Two doesn't mean the number two, but rather two is like Tu B'Shvat, Tu B'Av. Tu is the letters Tess and Vav. Tess in America value of nine, Vav the numerical value of six. Put them together, easy maths, and we got the 15th of Av. Now, okay, that's a good, quick SMS. The question asked is, why don't we use the regular numbers? Now, just think about that. The questioner is asking, in general Hebrew, Aleph is one, Bez is two, Yud is ten, Yud Bez is 12, Yud Dalit is 14. So why don't we continue in that sequence to equal 15? Why do we have to go now to 9 and 6 to equal 15? In fact, for seven, for 16, we do the same thing. We have 9 and 7 for 16. Ted Zion instead of 10 and 6. The answer is very simple because the Hebrew letters Yud, which would be 10, and hey, which is five, you put them together, we get God's name. So when we are just doing something as mundane as counting, we don't use God's name in vain. And that's why we rather say tes vav, or as it's spelled, is tu bav, the 15th of av. So in our remaining time today, I want to share with you the idea that we discussed earlier, why this day was such an important day for matchmaking 
And what is so special about it that the Talmud, in fact, goes on to say something very powerful. Amar Rab Gamliel, the great sage Rab Shimon Gamliel, taught. He said, There were no happier days for the people of Israel and for the country of Israel than the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. So think about the two happiest days. Now, you might have been thinking Purim. Or maybe Hanukkah, you know, kids love Hanukkah. Remember that Adam Sandler song? Here comes Hanukkah. Quick parenthetical promo again. Chabadas is introducing Hanukkah in July. We've seen other events happening in July, but July is almost over. And we at Chabad House, and again related to our seniors club, are offering Hanukkah to light up and warm up people's cold July here in South Africa with the warmth of the Hanukkah lights. So if you know anyone who needs a Hanukkah menorah, we're not going to wait all the way to December to make sure that they got a Hanukkah for the holiday. You let us at Chabad House know, and we will make sure that they have a Hanukkah, a menorah for their family to light up. And the truth is, you and I, every one of us, could be a menorah, a Hanukkah, bringing light and warmth to our surroundings all the time, wherever we are. That is what we do. But Back to our Talmud here, the Gemara Tractatinus Daf Chavavav Amud Beis 26b, discussing the day of Tubav. And the Gemara says that there's no greater holiday, no happier day on the Jewish calendar than Tubav. Now, like I said before, it is one of the undervalued, underestimated holidays on the Jewish calendar. And it's oftentimes overlooked. People don't even realize it. And the Talmud says that it's a happier day than Purim, than Simchas Torah, than Pesach. What's so special about this day? Comparable even to Yom Kippur. So let me read a little bit more of the Talmud to you, and then we could dissect it and discuss it. And hopefully take home an important, powerful message about this day that the Talmud tells us. The Gemara says, on this day... The daughters of Jerusalem, and in fact, there's a different version that says the daughters of Israel, whichever way it is, they would go out in white garments, which, interesting, the Gemara said they would borrow. Nobody would wear their own. So think of the comparison to a coffin. And the coffin were all buried in the very same tachrichim, the shrouds in which a person's buried. It's a white garment provided by the Chavar Kadisha. No pockets. You can't even take cash, your fancy Mont Blanc pen, your iPhone. You can't take your car keys. You can't take anything with you. It is pocketless. And everyone gets buried in the same exact shrouds. Well, on Tuba'av, everyone would borrow garments from each other. So you couldn't just judge a person by their haberdashery. You didn't look at someone and say, ooh, they're, work- they're wearing a Christian Dior, Armani. Ah, I'm going to follow the money or anything like that. So the purpose, the Gemara says, was to avoid embarrassment that no one should be ashamed from another. And they would go outside and dance in the vineyards. And they would actually dance and speak and they would say as follows they would turn to the young men and they would the young men watching the spectacle and would say bachur ma young man raise your eyes and see 
who you choose for yourself. Remember, these are the single men looking at the single maidens of Jerusalem or of Israel dancing. And they would say, don't pay attention to beauty. Pay attention to the family. Don't just look at my good looks, but see where I come from, my lineage, my prestigious family. And they would quote the verse, Sheker Achein Vehevel Ayofi, that charm is false and beauty is futile. Comes from a man, King Solomon, quite wise. And if he had a thousand wives, I guess he knew. But he refers, he continues, rather, Isha Yirat Hashem, it's the God-fearing woman, he, Titalal, that's the one who should be praised. And they would continue with the verse, Tenula Mipriadeh, giver of the fruit of her hands, and her deeds will praise her in the gates. And they would talk about three different qualities. The Gemara talks about the different girls, the, the pretty ones would say, don't look at my beauty, look at the family and the family ones. Each one would talk about their specific, their specific milus, the, the, the advantages, their, their characteristics, their, the benefits of themselves. And so the Mishnah tells us, that this day was so special like Tuba'av. But, uh, sorry, this day Tuba'av was so special like Yom Kippur. And the question is, was it due to the greatness of this special day that it was chosen for this joyous idea of matchmaking? Or was it a matchmaking day that made it so special? And the Gemara basically tells us that just like Yom Kippur, this is one of the holiest days on our calendar. And that's why it was chosen for this specific event, just like Yom Kippur itself was. The question is, what is so special about this day? And I'm going to share with you a few of the events that occurred on this day. Again, this is something that's talked about in the Gemara and tracked at Tainus 30b. And we'll talk about that in a moment. What were the specific special events that happened on this day and why we celebrate on this day of all days? Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And so the Gemara tells us about various events that happen on this day, and I will quickly tell you what they are and what makes it so special. The first thing the Talmud says, again, there were no special days for Israel like, no, happier days, rather. I translate toivim as, as, um, as special, but I see there's another translation. No, happier days for the Jewish people, like Hamisha Asr B'Av, the 15th of Av, and Yom Kippur. So the Gemara explains, we understand why Yom Kippur is such a festive day, because at the day of Slicha Umechila, a day that God pardons and forgives us, it's the day that the Jews were forgiven for the horrendous, uh, sin of infidelity, the betrayal of God with worshiping the golden calf. So that's the day Moses brought the second tablets for the Jewish people. Certainly, it's a day worthy of celebration. But the Gemara asks, what about the 15th of Av? And for that, the Gemara tells us that it's a day when, let me just quickly tell you, six events happen. Number one, the tribes of Israel were permitted to intermarry. Now, just to understand, a few weeks ago, we read the story about the daughters of Tzlafchad. Remember, they had to marry within their own tribe of Manasseh in order to inherit land in Israel. And the Gemara tells us that on this day, finally, that rule was eased and the Jewish people were allowed to intermarry within other tribes. That doesn't mean marrying out of our faith. 
Then the next thing the Gemara tells us is the day on which the tribe of Benyamin was allowed to re-enter the congregation. If you really want to know more about that, you could look at the end of the book of Shoftim, the book of Judges, where it describes a terrible event that happened. It was called Pelegesh Begiva, the concubine and Giva, and the t- tribe of Benjamin was guilty of a very immoral and decent act. Check it up yourself. And they were banned from the rest of the Jewish people. And finally, on this day, they were finally allowed to re-enter the congregation. The next thing the Talmud tells us, it's the day when the people in the desert ceased to die. So just think about, remember the Maraglim, the spies who brought back the bad news and the Jews were then destined to stay in the desert for 40 years. That entire generation had to die off. Well, on the 15th of Av, in the 40th year of their journey, they stopped dying. So, another great celebration. The next thing the Gemara tells us, it's the day on which Hoshea, the son of Ella, removed the guards that Yeravam ben Nevat stationed on the roads to prevent the Israelites from visiting the temple on the festivals. Now, he... I'm referring to Yerav Amenavat, was one of our bad kings. We've had some good kings in Jewish history, some really good kings, some bad kings, and some really bad kings. Well, he was one of those really bad kings. Yerav Amenavat put up roadblocks and prevented Jews from worshipping in the temple and instead diverted them to worshipping idols. Well, on this day, the 15th of Av, that was abolished and the roadblocks were removed and Hoshea, the son of Ella, declared that everyone could go serve in the temple as they wish. Finally, the Gemara tells us that post the temple's destruction, on Tuba'av, after the Bar Kachba revolt, which to some degree was very successful in stifling the Roman control of Jewish people, but unfortunately it led to a terrible bloodbath and many, many Jews died. And not only that, to add insult to injury, the Romans forbade the Jews from burying their dead. So on this day, the 15th of Av, and this is probably close to a century after the temple's destruction. Again, I don't recall exactly the date when that happened, but it's sometime in the second century of the Common Era. The Jews were allowed to bury the dead of Betar. I believe there were miracles involved with that, that the bodies didn't in any way uh, disintegrate. They didn't lose. They didn't smell. A separate story for a different time. And finally, the Gemara tells us one more thing that happened in the times of the temple. In fact, it was the time of the dedication of the second temple. And I just think about the first temple's destruction. 70 years later, a very small group of Jews returned to Israel. Now, amongst those Jews, you had, they were led by Ezra and Zerubbabel and others. And they brought them all back to Israel. And these were impoverished Jews. Most Jews stayed out in Bavel in Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq, or, or in Iran, Syrian Empire. There were many Jews living in other countries, in, in Egypt. And so for those Jews who did return to Israel, the 42,000 of them, they were rebuilding the temple. And unfortunately, they were they were impoverished. And they couldn't afford to build it properly. In fact, those who saw the two temples comparing one to the other really were quite ashamed of the second temple, at least in its beginning. Much later on, when Herod renovated it, then it became magnificent. And we talked more about that in last week's show. Well, 
What was so special on the 15th of Av? It's the day they would break their axes. The Gemara calls it Yom Tavar Magal, the day they broke their axes. Why would they break their axes? Because from the month of Nisan all the way to mid-Av, month of Nisan is spring in Israel, all the way to mid-Av when the heat of the blazing sun was quite hot, they would be chopping wood for offering sacrifices on the altar. Of course, you needed the wood in order to offer the sacrifices on the Mizbeach. Now, on this day, they celebrated the breaking of the axes, and they would celebrate those people who would who would chop the wood for the temple. Now, there's a lot to talk about in that, but we only got a few minutes left before the news. I want to share with you something really fascinating and special, a very powerful lesson we could learn about the breaking of the of the breaking of the axes. What was so special and what was celebrated in Tuba Av and something that we could learn to apply in our daily life, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, and especially in a marriage or relationship as this, so to say, Jewish Valentine's Day, as many people like to call Tuba Av. And that is the people who were chopping the wood. They were out in the forest, far away from the limelight. There's no mitzvah to chop wood. Obviously, you can't offer a sacrifice on the altar without wood. The wood is what is going to stimulate the fire to burn. But these were people who stayed far behind. They were not pe- they were not seen. They weren't known. And this is a day celebrating those individuals who stayed behind the limelight. Now, think about your relationship, whatever relationship it is, whether it's at work or a more inter- a real, a more personal relationship with your spouse, with your children. Do you ask your children for credit every time you do something for them? How much, sac- how many sacrifices do you make for your children? We all make for our children lots of sacrifices. And just like we don't ask our children for credit for the sacrifices we make for them, the woodchoppers, they were completely hidden away in the forest, schwitzing away, cutting the wood so they could facilitate the offering of the sacrifices on the altar. And I believe in the very same way, if you want a successful relationship, not only must you learn about how to sacrifice for another, but also not seeking the credit for everything we do for them. And that, I think, is a very powerful lesson and message we could all glean from this event that happened on Tubav. So I hope you got a little more information today on the events that occurred on the 15th of Av, why we celebrate this day. And I think there's much we could learn from the woodchopper. Maybe next week we'll talk a little more about the woodchopper and the unique characteristics of that event and why it was so celebrated on this day of Tubav. In the meantime, I'd like to wish you all a very happy and joyous Tubav. Learn the lesson of the woodchopper. You don't always need the credit. Come home with some flowers. Surprise your loved ones. Do things at work for a colleague. Do something for a neighbor, for a friend. Like we said, call a senior citizen. You don't need the credit. Just be there for another. That's what we're here for, just to do a favor for another. That's why we exist. Ladies and gents, carpe diem, seize the moment, and see you back next week. Please, God.